TED Audio Collective. I went through a season in my life where I felt like my mom was calling me way too much. I know there are folks out there who can relate. One time she called, and I was in the middle of a meeting. I remember rolling my eyes and saying to someone, It's my mom. She keeps calling me. But then the person I was meeting with said, You know, there are times I wish I had my mom around to be overbearing to me. This person had lost their mother at a very young age. I remember thinking to myself, They're right. It's a privilege to even have a mom who is still alive. It's a privilege that many of us don't realize we have until it's gone. And privilege often manifests itself in many different ways and in many different contexts, including the workplace. There's some type of advantage that we have at work, but we don't even realize how good we have it. So what would it look like if we were better at recognizing our own privilege? I'm Madhupa Akinola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today is Miriam Vezadeh a lawyer and human rights activist. In this talk, she discusses how acknowledging our privilege can help us be even more inclusive in the workplace. Then after the talk, I'll discuss how accepting our privilege can help us understand others better too. But first, a quick break. Canva presents Unexplained Appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple. 
Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Anyone who knows me knows that I love to talk. I'm a chatterbox, just ask anyone. I like to think that I'm pretty good at building rapport with my clients. And having spent just under a decade working as a lawyer, I tell you, this is one skill that really came in handy. Now, I remember this one interstate client in particular. We got on like a house on fire. We spent months corresponding over email and chatting over the phone. And then the day finally came when we would meet face-to-face. So I walk into the meeting room, and there she is. I say hello, and she kind of gives me this odd look. And she says, oh, you must work for Mariam. And I'm thinking, "What, what does she mean? And then it dawns on me. She must think I'm the legal secretary or the assistant, perhaps. Now, not that there's anything wrong with having those jobs. But it seems that in her mind, the voice that she's heard on the phone all these months doesn't seem to correspond to the person standing in front of her. Rather unconvincingly, at that point, I say, no, I I am Mariam. And then I start to doubt myself. And all those months of rapport building just goes down the drain at that point. As I start again, from scratch, to win her over. I do, of course, eventually win her over, but it was a lot of time and effort wasted, and ultimately yet another hit to my confidence. And the thing is, I have other experiences like that one, and I know plenty of other folks who do too. So today, I want to reflect on how stereotyping, unconscious bias, and societal privilege operates in such a way that creates an unequal playing field for diverse minority groups. Now, let us start with privilege. Privilege is basically unearned advantage. Hey, what the hell, we really didn't do much to earn it. It's basically access to or enjoying rights because you belong to a particular identity. You're part of a club. And here's the thing, I am owning up to mine. I am privileged. And here's the thing. Privilege is relative and it's ultimately subjective. And those who have the most amounts of it, they're probably not entirely conscious of it. Because for the most part, and as they say, privilege is largely invisible to those who have it. Now, I work as a diversity and inclusion consultant, so I do spend a hell of a lot of my day thinking about these concepts. Think about this. Whose faces do you see reflected back at you on your television screens? Who holds the top positions in the top ranks of society? Now, except for the few examples here or there, notice the general lack of cultural diversity. Now, what we're actually exposed to every day feeds the assumptions that we make about people. We all tend to possess a strong tendency towards people who physically resemble ourselves. It's called affinity bias. 
Now, experiments have shown us that the brain actually categorises by race in less than 100 milliseconds. Now, according to Nobel Peace Prize recipient neuroscientist Eric Kandel, he argues that up to 90% of the brain's behaviour is actually unconscious. So these little shortcuts that the brain makes, these little implicit associations, these biases, for the most part, they are done unconsciously. And here's the thing. Inherent societal privilege means that some of us are given a head start in what I like to call the race of life. And it's because of that head start, not just because we worked extra, extra hard, that there'll always be miles ahead, even if all the participants are running at the same speed and with the same ability. So that's code for the same amount of merits. Now, it's well documented that women of minority groups face even greater hurdles, as you can see. They face both social and institutional barriers to full equality, not just because they're chicks, but because of things such as race, religion, sexuality or disability. They basically have a double whammy. And that concept is referred to as intersectionality. Now, as an Australian woman who's originally from Afghanistan and a Muslim, I get the triple whammy. I get sexism, I get racism, and I get Islamophobia. You know, some people boast about having a fan base. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have a troll base. <laughs> Such a clever bunch. They've totally mastered the art of intersectional insults. That's not easy to do. Now, if only I had a dollar for every time someone said, oh, but all appointments should be on merit. Well, of course they should be. But here's the thing, are we assuming that the existing status quo is somehow based entirely on merit? I'm not convinced that it is. But hey, don't take my word for it. Plenty of other people think that too. Now, I recall a conversation I was having with two senior managers. It was about corporate Australia's shift to start focusing on cultural diversity within its leadership ranks now that we're doing better around gender diversity. One of them was a woman of Asian-Australian heritage, and she was a former colleague of mine. The other, a colleague of hers, a man of Anglo-Celtic origin. Now, it's in the context of this discussion in which he turns to her, the Asian-Australian woman, and says, there you go, another leg up for people like you. Now, she's shocked because they're colleagues, so she says nothing. But I can't stay silent got up on my pedestal and I said, when you extend a hand to a group of people who for far too long have been effectively walking in the gutter while others comfortably stroll the streets, that ain't no leg up. That certainly is not a handout. That's simply levelling the playing field. Now, studies have shown us that to simply attain the same number of interviews as someone with an Anglo-Saxon-sounding name, candidates from Indigenous, Middle Eastern and Asian-sounding names have to submit a ridiculous amount of more applications. So, in this case, when compared to Lisa and Andrew, and these are the real names used in the study, Nadine and Hassan have to submit 64% more applications, while Ming and Hong have to submit 68% more applications. 
Guys, we're talking about getting a call back to secure an interview. We're not even talking about the kind of biases that will kick in once you're actually at the interviewing table. Now, I can't tell you the number of crappy dad jokes I've had to make to make interviewers feel comfortable when they first meet me early on in, the, in my career. Thanks for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> now, despite the fact that 40% of Australians have at least one parent born overseas, no doubt that's probably true of this arena, that general diversity is not reflected in the top ranks of society. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with this, assuming it is truly based on a meritocracy. And for culturally diverse women like me, well, you know that glass ceiling? It's double glazed for people like me. Only a tiny percentage of ASX directors are culturally diverse women. At a CEO level, it is even worse. So think about all those stats that I've been telling you about, all those biases that we know about. What message does this send to a generation of top HSC graduates who are culturally diverse? I'm hoping that by this point, some of you are convinced on the moral case for why change is required to level that damn playing field. But then there'll be others who won't be convinced unless we show them the dollar figures. Hey, don't worry, I've got it covered. There is a thing called the diversity dividend. Now, gender-diverse companies are 15% more likely to outperform their industry average, while culturally diverse companies, they're 35% more likely to outperform theirs. So diversity brings with it a competitive advantage. And here's the thing, anyone at this point who's thinking, oh, she means tokenistic, visible diversity, no. I'm not asking you to whack on photos of people that look like me onto your website and tick a box. <laughs> Although that might be nice. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. Real diversity brings about diversity of perspective and diversity of views and diversity of thought. Ultimately, and of course the inevitable flow-on effects, is that Australian businesses will be able to better reflect and understand the needs of a multicultural Australia who's ultimately their customer base. I want to tell you this. There's never been a more important time for us to be conscious of our unconscious biases and societal privileges. You know when you're driving and you know you've got a blind spot back here? You know it exists, but you can't see it. But you make a concerted effort to turn your head each and every time, to look and to adjust. It's not enough to know that we've got these biases and that we have these levels of privilege. You've got to do something about it. We're living in an era where divisive politics has successfully otherized diverse minority groups and normalized xenophobia against them. We're constantly reading derogatory headlines about diverse minority groups. And what's worse is some of these remarks are made by our elected officials. Now, I believe that when you excuse bigotry in words, you lay the framework to give bigotry in action a free pass. We know that we have an urgent issue of disenfranchisement amongst the youth, particularly those of diverse backgrounds. We want them to reach for the stars. But the thing is, you can't aspire to be someone that you can't see. You can't address inequality equally. You can't. 
This is why I believe targets are required across industries where diversity of this kind is lacking. Now, why, you ask, why targets? Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Thank you. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You can earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Miriam's talk was so powerful. She basically conducted a privilege walk with the audience. Have you ever done one of those? You ask a group of people to respond to a series of questions about the kinds of resources or support they've had throughout their lives and how that support has impacted their achievements to date. I've done a similar exercise with my students where I ask questions like, Have you grown up in a two-parent household? Do people have trouble pronouncing your name? Have you been asked, where are you really from? Now here's why questions like these are important. They force us to be introspective. Because when you look around and you're the only one of your colleagues standing up, like in Miriam's talk, it forces you to consider the experiences of others. It also makes you take stock of the ways you can and should support those who have been marginalized throughout their lives. And let me introduce you to some language that's being used these days in discussions about privilege. They're metaphors to help people understand how race, gender, sexuality, class, and other individual traits can give some people an unwarranted advantage over others, especially in the workplace. Let me take you to the airport. We all know that if a plane is traveling in the same direction as the wind, it gets to its destination faster without any additional work. Privilege works in the same way. If there are two people who are alike in every way, who work with the same intensity and have the same basic competencies, the person who was born, grew up with, or accrued privilege over their lifetime is likely to advance faster and go further than the one who hasn't had 
these same benefits. So privilege is often referred to as a tailwind. The flip side of a tailwind is a headwind. You know, like when the captain makes an announcement that makes you really angry. They say, we're going to arrive late because there's a strong wind that's slowing the plane down. That's often what it's like when you don't have any kind of privilege to help you get ahead. You face barriers that slow you down. That's why exercises like privilege walks are really important in our organizations. They allow us to stay honest about our tailwinds. And maybe when we're honest about our tailwinds, it inspires people to work harder at understanding one another, creating space for everyone to be more inclusive and empathetic. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Brittany Brown and fact-checked by Julia Dickerson. Special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, and Colin Helms. I'm Madupa Akinola. Talk to you again next week. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. What's Odoo? Well, Odoo is an all-in-one management software with apps for every business need. Odoo has apps for CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between. And they're all in one easy-to-use software. And the best part about Odoo? All Odoo apps are integrated helping you get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness.